Support for this podcast comes from Dynamic. Dynamic Air Quality Solutions supplies the private-labeled Clean Air Defense System IAQ products exclusively to certain PATH members. Based on science and logic, these high-performing IAQ products control all three phases of indoor air contamination and are supported by world-class technical and communication training for your entire team. Learn how to build an IAQ culture within your company with highly profitable IAQ products while helping your clients breathe cleaner, healthier, and fresher indoor air. To partner with us, email Michelle Hogan today at worldclass at dynamicaqs.com. Welcome to The Successful Contractor, powered by CertainPath, formerly Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. As a reminder, all episodes of The Successful Contractor are available on YouTube, as well as your podcast player of choice. And yes, you heard me correctly, SGI is now CertainPath. We've rebranded ourselves under a name that we believe best represents what we do for residential contractors, and that's put them on a certain path to success. For more information on what we can do for you, visit our new site, www.mycertainpath.com, or give us a call at 866-299-8505. Um, I've never talked about anything personally on the show before, but allow me to do so just for a brief moment. Uh, this is our 100th episode, and I, I simply can't believe it. Um, we started this venture not long after COVID began in hopes of staying in more frequent communication with other our member contractors and hopefully give them and other people in the trades a little bit of hope. Uh, and this shows more from an audio-only podcast, and now it's also on uh, YouTube as well. And our download and, and listen rates skyrocket each week, and I'm so thankful and, and humbled. Uh, but I have to thank a few people, again, if you allow me to do so. First and foremost, Randy Hansen. Randy is my video guy, my producer, my editor. Basically, Randy does everything for the show that takes actual skill. Uh, so without him, none of this would happen. He's my right-hand man. Thank you, Randy. Um, this is all because of you. Uh, I also have to thank my bosses, uh, Scott Iverson, David Hernandez, and Rebecca Castle. When I came to them with this idea of, of doing a podcast, they didn't flinch. They allowed Randy and I to experiment and try new things, and I'm deeply appreciative of their trust in, in me and us in this project. So thank you, guys. Your leadership is what makes working at Certain Path so much fun. Um, okay, thank you for allowing me those few minutes on to today's show. Uh, it's part two of my two-part discussion with Jimmy Dale, owner of Baker Brothers Plumbing, Heating, and Air in the DFW market. Jimmy's also a part owner of Certain Path, and his team and he are aiming to do $80 million, of course, at a great margin this year. Uh, if you haven't listened to part one, please do so. Jimmy shared a bunch of great nuggets. Uh, in this part two, Jimmy talks about how to strategically use your people. We talk about call center structure and management. Uh, We talk about managing material costs. Uh, We talk about uh, maintaining culture as you grow. And of course, we talk about private equity in the trades, all hot topics. So without further ado, here's Jimmy Dale of Baker Brothers. I hope you enjoy and take away a nugget or two. So you said alignment is a big thing, right? Is there any other, you know, for members listening, non-members listening, just to enhance the productivity of their team? Is it just, it's just training, it's accountability, I mean, is that pretty much it when it comes down to it and ensuring you're getting the most out of your team? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that that's pretty that's pretty much it. And then and I think, like I said, like we had kind of talked about this earlier about a little bit out of the box thinking on margins and not yeah. holding those percentages. Like what could – so what can – because we're having a hard time getting guys. Yeah. What can one truck with one guy do maximizing a day? Yeah. Well, if I, if I do tankless water heaters and I want to keep that at a 40% cost of goods sold – I mean, I got to charge $8,500. Yeah. Well, hey, what if you charge six and maybe you make 45% gross margin? Yeah. But that gross margin is, if it's, you know, a big number, it's like, yeah, I think I'd probably, that's maximizing the truck too. Sure. So it's not just through upselling options training. It's also through, hey, strategically, can I do this? You're right. Can I realize that all my trucks, like I said, I use that all the time. All my trucks aren't checkers; they're chess pieces. Yeah, I've got a guy who's not really that good, and he and he fixes faucets. None of my guys want faucet calls, okay. but that dude's he job he's a pawn. Yeah. He goes and does all the faucet calls because if we don't do the faucet call, 
like we'll lose the customer. Right. right. So you got to use everybody in a different strategy That's as opposed to just going, everybody just does this one plan. Yeah. I do think it is, you need to, you can't do that. You have to be a certain size to do that. Sure. I can't have like five trucks yeah. and go, you're the faucet, faucet guy. guy. <laughs> We're all the faucet guy, five trucks. The faucet plumbing. I, I get yeah. these guys that go to little companies that come from us, the little companies, they're just doing like two or three jobs and they go to a little company like, oh yeah, I want to go there because I go, well, I hope you like drain cleaning. And they go, what? Well, I go, you're gonna have a drain cleaner on your. You're gonna have a. You're gonna have a service in your truck. And they're like, what? <laughs> I go. You gotta do everything, bro. I yeah. said we're small. We had to do everything. So know? I mean, that's got to be a retention tool. These guys, if they they get, you know, a tra- oh, I maybe want to go to the small mom and pop because they promised me X or Y, and you go, okay, then you're ready to do. I, I will say, probably one of the most important retention pieces that we have uncovered is this, and this like millennial Gen Z both. Now I don't know about Gen Z, but millennial for sure. If they leave and then come back. They're lifers. Is that right? Oh, yeah. They, so They got a taste of what's on the other side. Part, yeah, they went somewhere else and they realized, hey, I had it pretty good over there. Yeah. I don't care. I think, you know, humans are so, we're so weird. I think we go to heaven and think, this is kind of boring. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it was okay for a while. But, you know, yeah. I mean, we, we run out of no matter how good something is, we can get very spoiled by it. Sure. And so when they go to somewhere else, well, man, y'all don't have... Uniform service? Hey, right. y'all don't have medical. You know, they start having these issues. I'm like, I got to do sewer work? You know, they. I think it does do that. So I tell my guys in the retention thing, I said, hey, here's the thing, guys. If you lose one of these young guys, because I will say when they come in and quit, there's no talking them out of it. Yeah. They're, they're going oh, right. so to quit. You really feel like there's no objection. No, there, there's no, like, done. hey, when they've made a decision and they come in and go, we're giving you two weeks, you can do it before they give you two weeks yeah. and get problem solved. And that's what the problem is. Yeah. I go, guys, we got to be like playing, you know, World Series poker. We got to read you. Yeah. Because you're not going to tell us until it's too late and right. then it's over. Well, you guys do one-on-ones and stuff, don't you? Or you check-ins with your guys or not? not no, so- I mean, I'll go into my boss and tell him all the nice stuff he wants to hear and shake my head. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, is it really... Is it really effective? Yeah. Like, is the survey effective when they think I'm not putting anything back because they may come back on me? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how effective some of those things are, but we have to be very attuned to really? know our people to yeah. go, this guy's not feeling very good right now. He He's had a bad time. We, we had to know that, hey, he worked late yesterday. Let me see how he's doing this next morning. Yeah. Let's ask him, hey, can you let me get you off early today? Because, man, you work till 11 o'clock. We okay. have to, I think we have to Being take a, tune your people. another step of care yeah. Yeah. that we may not all have been used to. Right. And the other thing, too, is once you go, okay, this guy came in and quit. Dude, Bob's quit. I love Bob. I think Bob's going to be a great tech. Keep in touch with you. Okay. Just, just hey, not pressuring you. Not, hey, you come back to work yet? Not being that way. Just actually genuinely caring about Bob and going, man, how are things going over wherever you're at? Yeah. And and just check and in that, on them, and that's your that's the recruiting side that does. And then, that. and then, it's not the manager. No, it's not your service manager. I'm saying the manager, like the you like because you like that guy. They like the guy. They yeah. taught the guy how to do stuff. Yeah. And I said, yeah, call the guy every now and again if you want him back and you think he'd be a good person to have back here. Yeah. Man, keep the keep the. You don't have to with everybody who leaves. Yeah. Just the people that you really think are going to be good guys when they get older. Man, just keep keep kind of right. touching base with them ever so often. And then what happens is eventually one day they're going to come back in the door. And I said, then once they come back in the door, they're here forever. Yeah. Like yeah. they're not moving again. That's interesting. And I said, so it's the boomerang effect. Like, but you got to keep an eye on the boomerang to catch it when it comes back. Like, right. let's do that. And then when he gets to that point, then it then it's time to like, you know, ask him a question. Like maybe you talked to him five, six times and he and the sixth time he was kind of getting a little unhappy. Yeah. Maybe the seventh time it's time to go, hey, man, we would love to have you back here. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed working with you so much. That's why I call you all the time I really care about you. Yeah. Boom, that guy's had a bad day at work. He's probably going to come back. And he knows he knows that he had a good place. He knows it's a good place. It's a devil you know, too. Yeah. If another company was calling him, you know, he may not, you know, necessarily know how they are. Right. But we we've been getting a lot of guys back. That's interesting. It's yeah. been that's been a big trend lately. Yeah. All right. So we've talked about maximizing current technicians' effectiveness, and I think a big part of it, a great call center can make a big difference, right? How yeah. how calls dispatched, how it's 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 set up. Um, I, I asked Gus this because I know he had a lot of changes in his call center, but I'm like I should I'm I'd be intrigued to see what Jimmy says as you have scaled from a when I think I first met you, you were doing three million dollars to whatever number it is now. How is your call, what are some lessons learned as you've added all these call center people and added dispatchers and managers and 
What are some interesting things as we have members now that are hitting eight and now they go, oh, I'm going to do 12 and now I want to do 20 and I can see doing that. But there's some scalability issues, I'm sure, in a call center as well. Yeah. So what are what are some of those lessons maybe learned that would be well, beneficial? Well, I think I think you know one of the things is to and what we did, gosh, I can't remember if we were like 15 million, maybe, probably right around 10 to 15 million. We we said these guys are dispatchers; they go work with the managers. Yeah. So we had the managers try to set the board up, like strategically set the board up. Yeah. And then then a dispatcher is kind of their assistant, you know, assistant manager, like basically just taking those calls down, calling the customers, getting the guys, and then taking the calls down off the board. Sure. And then if there's a problem, it's like, oh, number two call is not answering. Yeah. Hey, John, what would you like me to do? Number two's not answering. Which one would you like me to call next? You know, or, and then some of the, the assistants are good, and yeah. they know who to call next and, and how to move their guys around. Yeah. Um, so we separated that, and the call center. I think it's important for the call center just to answer calls. Okay. I think I think it's something when you're smaller, it's what you do. They're the call center, the the invoice. They put the invoices in the computer, and oh, yeah. they dispatch. Yeah. And it's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. But as you get bigger, you need to go. You guys are the call center, and like at the time, we had one. We had a manager and two call center people. They all mm-hmm. three answered the phone, yeah. but there was a manager, Tamara, at the time, and two call center people. Yeah. And then you get a training program. That where you have a ten, we have a ten day onboarding for call center, mm-hmm. and they sit with them, and they, and they have a whole training program. They sit with them, they they let they listen to them do calls, they listen to calls. Hey, here's what's good and bad about these calls. Yeah. Then they let them take calls on their own while the other person's sitting there with them, right. you know. And then they can, and then they basically monitor them, you know, just get them where they're comfortable answering the phone. Yeah, and usually take it's two week process for us. Okay, and so we can it's pretty quick, so we can ramp pretty quick. Okay. Now, what we did that was really great, above a lot of other people I call, almost everybody's come in the door, they gone, you don't have enough call center people. Hmm. I go, I got enough work. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. And yeah. they're like, well, you, you just don't have enough people. Yeah. And I go, I think we do. Yeah. Our people can can uh, answer about, um, and we really did this through VitalStorm. VitalStorm is who got us on the percentage because... The, the old software systems had the percentage on there, but yeah. it was always a fake percentage. Okay. Like 85% or 88% was ridiculous. So yeah. it was the, how they used the the center. But Jeff and those guys actually listened to go, this is a lead. It closed or didn't. Mm. And we and we actually got true rates. Yeah. And using that, we started, we started our call center. And what we did is we were holding them accountable, the, the manager and the whole group, to a percentage. Mm-hmm. They had to hit this percent. Yeah. And you really don't want to hit a high percent. If you start getting above like 80, yeah. if you really get to 80, you got a lot of trash calls. Okay. Like they're not vetting out very well. Okay. So usually our our target range is, is about 75. Mm-hmm. Right about 75. If they start getting below 65, then things start I start getting mad and going, what's going on? Yeah, sure. But our guys will close each so I don't have very many people. Yeah. And and our guys will close like one 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 of the guys will close like 63 calls a day. Wow. So she'll book sixty three calls yeah. a day. Yeah. But she but though the average is about thirty five to fifty five is kind of average per person per day. Yeah. So you see how we don't need very many people. Sure. But we're not outbound calling all of our membership. I was going to ask you about the outbound calling. That's we're not outbound calling. Uh, all our memberships are perpetual, so we're not trying to renew in memberships. Yeah. We're not out like so. These guys are just answering the phone calls that come in and getting the calls. You know, getting get them on the books. Yeah. And the guys that have came and saw the office, there's a little board up there. And it's like, we wrote down every day. Shirley did 55 calls. Julie did 24. When they write that up there, there's a innate, innate pressure to go, gee, she did twice as many as I did. Yeah, yeah. I've got to get on it. And yeah. so it's it's not like where they're whipping them with it. They're doing it to themselves because so. they're, they're trying to go, I want to score good on the scoreboard. Yeah. I don't want to look bad. Yeah. We had a lady that goes, I only do like 12 because I have all these responsibilities. She had a lot of responsibility. I go, well, Connie, we know that. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And she goes, she started doing 20. Because she she goes, well, it's not fair. Go, it's not it's not going down. I'm leaving it up there. Yeah. Because your, your score is what your score is. Sure. And, and she got up. She all of a sudden improved. Is that because she was, yeah. Was and I was like, I was like, you know, that that's that's kind of the. And, and so what's funny is Trent Urban came out and he did this thing. Years ago with Paul, and they just peer business review. And I remember Trent sitting across, like his his input. He, we didn't go to the call center, but he'd heard how many people we had. And he goes, Jimmy, I don't think you have enough call center people. Yeah. And I think you're paying your call center manager too much money. Yeah. 
And I go, Trent, I think I pay my call center manager right because I don't have very many call center people. <laughs> so it's that perspective of, right. hey, pay somebody a lot of money. Yeah. Stop paying your call center people $14 an hour. Yeah. Start paying your call center people, like get it to where they can make forty five and fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. And for and for a lot of these guys that don't have an education, but they're but they're sharp people yeah. and they and they're high school educated, man, forty to five to fifty thousand is really good money for those guys. And they're happy. And, and they're happy and they'll work hard for it. And they're the most important people. The two mo you know, Bill Weaver a long time ago told said this. He goes, when I would go into one of these broke down companies to fix it, yeah. he says, the first thing I did is I looked and see everyone who didn't support the call center or the technicians and all those people I would let go mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because they're the two most important people. If the call center, they're the, they're the front line, the first people that will contact the customer contacts. Sure. If they do a bad job, yeah. then the guys never get to go on the call to even try to close it. Right. So it's like, I don't understand. They do this at restaurants. Why do you put the high school kid at the podium and when the high school kid wants to go home on Friday early, they're going, it's a two hour wait. Yeah. And they're, they're literally controlling the, you used to remember the maitre d' was there. It was the, it was the manager, maybe owner yeah. that was controlling the flow of people coming in to the restaurant, who got in and what time they got in. Sure. Now let's put it in the hands of a high school. We do the same thing. Yeah. We try to get the cheapest people out there and it's the biggest mistake we can make. Yeah. It is the most important place in our business, and every guy who's working on his own, yeah, and, he, and he's answering the phone, he's in a 150 degree attic. <laughs> how does he say, "Hey, good afternoon, this is Jimmy from Baker Brothers. Yeah, how can right. I help you?" He goes, "What?" <laughs> I mean, right. 100%. And I go, and I tell those guys, I "Go. The first thing to your growth yeah. is you get your wife or somebody who's smart and good to answer the phone yeah. for you." Yeah. And and then you're gonna have to hire more people, right? Because you don't know how many calls you're losing, sure. Because you're not answering the phone right. So I, I really think that 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 call center piece, like you said, it's it's the most pivotal because if you start growing mm -hmm. and you start adding call center people and you don't have good training, I feel like that's why people end up having 500 call center people. Yeah. We went to a company the other day, a big company. Yeah. And my call center manager goes, the lady closed 11 calls in the day. Oh wow. Yeah. And she goes, they got too many people. Yeah. And so so I think that there's this balance between quality and quantity. Yeah. Getting really good people that close a lot, that that will do the training. They'll like we will listen to calls. And if you don't smile, we're gonna talk about smiling. Is that right? Okay. If you tell the customer no, we're gonna talk about never talking no negatives with the customer. Yeah. You tell them what you can do, not what you can't do. Right. And so it's it's those things that we do that those were good little nuggets right there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like our biggest ones empathy statement and promise of resolution. Yeah. We went to a call center and they had 50,000 calls coming in. It was one of the big box retailers mm -hmm. and they basically said the late all the other owners weren't even paying attention it was like blowing them off and I go, "Dude, she just said she listened to 50,000 and 90% of the people that closed were the people that had an empathy statement with promise of resolution, mm -hmm. meaning, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear about your water. Is everything okay?" I mean, yeah. it flood anything, did it? Oh no, we got it off. Everything's great. Well, hey, you don't worry. We'll have you hot water on by the end of the day. Yeah. You make that statement at the front of the call, they're gonna, hooked. you're going to get booked. Yeah. And so great. that's kind of the stuff that we train and, yeah. and, and things that we do to, to get these guys, but they have to be good. Is your turnover pretty low then in your call center? It, it gets, it, it kind of, it kind of Ebbs fluctuates a lot of times. Yeah. Well, the reason why it's it life high, happens, right? Some people leave. Well, most of the time it's some dude stealing them from us, like Gus or one of those guys. <laughs> so no, he never does that. But no, we do have yeah. people that call in okay. and, they'll, and they'll talk to a call center person and they'll go, oh, wow, this, because they'll check and see how Baker Brothers sells or whatever they do. And, you know, they'll, they'll grab that person. We had a person that had only been there a year. They mm -hmm. they gave her a job as the call center manager. She oh was gosh. really smart and good, but yeah. she didn't know how to write a script. She didn't know the, she knew what to do what we told her. Yeah. She didn't know the why we did it. Sure. And, uh, you know. The why is the important thing, right? When everything else breaks down, you got to know If you're going to be a manager, why. you better know. I mean, I, it was funny. One of the guys was hiring a call center manager, and he, and he was interviewing people, and he was telling me, I got these two guys, what I do. I said, you know. Why don't you ask them, hey, we're 5% down last month on close rate. Yeah. What do you do? Mm -hmm. I go, just ask them that. That's really simple. Yeah. I go, because what actions are they going to take? If they know the why, then they'll then they'll tell you what actions they're going to take to solve that problem. Right. If they go, well, I'm not really sure what I do. You know, not if I go, hey, I waive service fees or do whatever. There's a lot of bad answers. Oh, yeah. 
But it's like, you know, hey, what we did was like, hey, we go into training mode. Okay. We start training. You start losing close rate. I mean, 5% times the number is probably in a month about 25 trucks worth of work. It's a lot. Yeah. So you have to like really do that and go, we lost 10 calls a day, like, or whatever, 10 trucks worth of calls a day, 30 calls a day. Yeah. It's a big thing. And so I I think that's kind of where we differ and why the call center always is good because if there's any slippage it's like it's like if your your batting average dropped yeah aren't you gonna go to the hidden cage and start practicing some more it makes sense yeah it makes sense for sure all right so call center another big issue materials you know if prices are going up your water heater prices have probably gone up you know seven times or whatever last year how are, is it just increasing pricing i mean and i know you there's always the fear that techs go oh man this is getting ridiculous or are they just trained because the whole society is getting more expensive? I, I think I think to be honest that yeah. in society, yeah, we're not getting pushed back on price increases. Okay. I mean, everybody's expectation is that. Yeah. You know, and you know, it's just, you know, that whole it's gas goes up, you know, you gotta you gotta we're we're gonna have to pay our people more. Right. I mean, we're all getting hit by inflation, so we all have to move up. Yeah. So I think there's just I don't I don't think that, you know, everybody understands that about, you know. Hey, building materials are up. Right. You know, people building houses are spending three times as much for wood. Right. Stuff like that. I mean, it's happening. And, you know, we just have to, I think that's what you have to do, just be diligent about moving your price up. And, yeah. And, and go, because I think moving your price up is always a thing for me that I go, are we really efficient first? Yeah. Let's make sure that we have efficiencies within our group before we start just jacking the price up randomly. Because yeah. that's not fair. If you're not looking within first and making sure that your operation's operating really well, yeah. it's never to be perfect. Right. But are you at least being diligent? You know, I think it's a stewardship we owe, owe the customer mm-hmm. is to like make sure that we're doing good. But I think there's way too many people that don't ever change their price as right. They pay their guys more as they do all these things, margin and their runs. margin leaks. Yep. And then about three years later, they're like, "Man, I don't make that much money." Right. And so I think you have to be diligent about raising your price every year, and I think you really have to be diligent about it in these times yep. of going, "Hey, look, we're having these price increases. We need to pass those on to the customer." And I, 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 even a big mistake a lot of people make is like, "Oh, water heaters are going to go up. Yeah. I'm going to go buy 25 water heaters." And they go buy 25 water heaters, right? Yeah. And they go, man, this will last me for three months. And they don't move their price up. Right. See, everyone who buys a water heater right then and there, they're buying it for more. Mm-hmm. You should go ahead and move it up. You did a smart thing by pre-buying them. Now go ahead and move your price up and, and take that extra margin. Yeah. And, and I go, because what happens is you buy all those water heaters and then your guys buy half of them from somewhere else. Yeah. Or go and pick them up <laughs> out of the store. Like sure. I, they go to, I don't know, the supply house and grab it. Yeah. Well, that one costs more. Now you leak margin every one of those you sell. Yeah. So it's not about trying to beat the customer up. Like, hey, I bought these cheaper. It's like, hey, go ahead and move it up because you do have a chance. We've done that on how many times? Mm-hmm. Pre-bought. Oh, we bought all these for this much. We'll keep our price here. And it was like, we never sell very many heat pumps. Mm-hmm. Well, that month we sold all heat pumps <laughs> and we bought them outside and our margin got crushed. Like, yeah. what happened to our margin? And we went and looked and it was like, we did a pre-buy. So now if we do that, I go, man, move the price. If 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 Linux or whoever moved the price up, yeah. move it up. That's interesting. You We've always talked about materials and stuff. And you've always said, I've got materials under control. I don't really worry about that number fluctuating too much and eating at margin. For P- I talk to a lot of members, again, that are in this growth stage, and they're like, we got the training down, we've got accountability somewhat down, but it's like, I, I'm not sure how to get that back in with materials and replenishment. Should they just do a VMI or, or what? Like, what, what advice as you went from smaller to larger to get that backside of the business in, well, in line? Even, even when we only had six trucks, yeah. I, I, put, I, put a, I put all the parts that we use uh, I went and negotiated with three of our top vendors and said, hey, here's our monthly buy. And we just created our own supply house back there. Yeah. It was us managed inventory, not <laughs> VMI. Like, <laughs> so I, I, we managed it. And yeah. we would go back there and go, okay, after we all the guys got out. But we replenished every day. So the guys would turn in their work orders. We'd fill their work orders that morning. Uh, we'd go in early. We'd, they'd turn their work orders in the evening. 
the guys would get in there an hour early. They'd, they'd replenish all their orders, yeah. give them all the orders the next day. And, you know, that supposedly sounds a great way to keep control of it. But the thing is, they're not at every supply house across the nation right. going everywhere they the want. Wasting time. And and our money, yeah. we pay the same amount for these parts that are they're using all the time. Yeah. Uh, so if you can do a VMI, you probably need to do at least five hundred to 600000 you know, a year to even be considered. Yeah. You can do like a, what is it called? A, not a v, it's not the VMI, but they do it on consignment. Okay. Consignment, so they just yeah. come in and they count what you don't have and they replenish for you. Yeah. So they'll set up a, a consignment account, which that's a good idea too. Yeah. You know, you can do that. Then then you're not having to get racks and do all that stuff. They're still doing that. Yeah. But then it's just like if stuff goes missing off there, you're going to get charged for it. Sure. But the same thing could happen if you were That's in control why you, of it as well. Your stuff is all locked down. I've yep. been in your shop. I yep. mean, it's it's you're, behind you're, the cage. <laughs> That's right. You could get in there, but you have to try. That's like, right. You, know? <laughs> you got to give a blood. You got a thumbprint and I go, rectal. I go, <laughs> hey, I go. All this stuff just keeps honest people out. Yeah. If you want to get in there, you can. But but so so what the deal is is you know if you're not big enough for VMI, it's consignment's an option. Doing your own thing is definitely any size you can do your own thing. Sure. All you got to do is take like you know you, if you got two trucks, put six to 10 truck stocks back there and you're just sitting there trading parts out the whole time. Yeah. The other big important piece is the management. Most people, like my dad, he looked at every work order, every package slip, every line item, yeah. you know, just like this. Grinded. Yeah. And and I was like, it's just a lot. <laughs> it's just a lot of trans and plumbing. And you know, it's all the it's trades are stuff. different. Like, you know, electrical is not near as much the volume of stuff on a truck and same thing with AC, yeah. but plumbing has got a big volume of stuff on the yeah. truck, a lot of stuff. So a lot of transactions. Well, what we do is we just tell the suppliers, I want my guys buying stuff by truck, truck one, truck two, truck three, truck four. Okay. And then what they do is they go in there and go, I'm truck one. They put the, so the statement is truck one, truck two, truck three, truck four with totals. So I got your total, what your spend was. Yeah. I, I, I put it in a spreadsheet. Here's your sales for that month. Here was your spend for that month. Here's the percentages. Okay. If a percentage is out, like we usually try for like 12 and a half percent in plumbing. Yep. If that's out, we go, why is this one 19? Yeah. We look into the guy, what he bought. We go, oh, he had three tankless water heaters. That's why his is high. That's okay. Look, another guy. Oh, his is high too. Oh, he's got five toilets he sold. That's okay too. Right. Um, those are high, you know, parts, percentage jobs of parts, uh, water heaters, tankless toilets, fixtures, things like that. Yeah. Go in there and go, man. I don't see anything this guy did or bought. There's no reason he should be at twenty percent. Right. Then we then we go. Hey, let's go. So instead of inventorying every truck, let's just, just inventory the guys that are out. Yeah. Instead of talking to everybody about parts are too high, yeah. let's just talk to the guys that are out. It's that old 80-20 rule. Yeah. You know, 80% of the 80, 80% of your issues are 20% of the people. Sure. And you go back there, and it is. If there's 10, there'll be two of them that are out. Yeah. And you go, hey, one, if, if you think nothing's going on that's like nothing nefarious, you're like, Bob, hey man, why do you think your why do you think your material is so high to your job costs? Yeah. And just talk about it. And what I did is I just told Bob, hey, I see you, Bob. You're not flying under the radar. <laughs> right. Now you're more careful. Your side work is not, yeah. Whatever it is, it right, I, right. I saw you and you go, okay, you're more careful. If you think someone's doing something bad, yeah. I don't talk to the guy. I go, hey, Bob, take this truck this today. Get your tools and stuff put on this truck. Yeah. We're going to inventory that truck. Right. And then we inventory the truck. Usually what we find out is you bought like five of one thing used two. Yeah. You bought five of another thing and used two. Mm-hmm. And you have... 10,000 of those, <laughs> yeah, but you right. don't know where they're at. Your right. truck's messy or just whatever. So, and some of the guys we've changed behavior by going, do you realize you were $3,500 off? You had $3,500 too much stuff on your wow. truck. Yeah. And that will make and they those, don't realize it. Yeah. And I go, and your efficiency is terrible because you don't know where stuff's at. You're having to go to the store. Yeah. I go, you got it on your truck and you're buying it. Yeah. You know, so, so uh, those conversations do lead to corrective action. Yeah. So, and then at a point, everybody just knows the score go, Hey, if I do something here, they're going to bring me in. Sure, sure. And, yeah, and then and it gets out, right? And so. And the management mistake 101 is to grab all 10 guys, put them in a room, and go, our materials sucks. It's all your fault. You <laughs> and guys, then the nine guys doing it right are like, the nine guys are like, dude, I'm, I mean, what? I haven't been doing anything. Yeah. And the one guy who you're trying to really yell at is going, man, I guess everybody sucks at this. Like, look, <laughs> it's a horrible management. It's, right. what, it's what we do. Right. And I go, and you have to start taking and going, having meetings and and, and productive huddles and, right. and stuff with your guys. And then going, 
hey, Joe, can you can we pull – can we come over to the side a little bit? Like, yeah. Let me talk to you about this. Right. Now, we had a guy that was struggling in, in PM management, and he goes, man, we're getting these callbacks. Man, I can't understand. He goes, I'm yelling at the guys. I'm doing all this <laughs> stuff. I'm beating his head against the wall. And I go, let's see who has, who has the problem, yeah. who has the most. And we look, and two guys have the most. One guy has half of all of them. Wow. That guy was so unaware. We brought that guy in to talk to him and tell him that he had so many. Yeah. He he broke down. Oh, really? In tears. What, what was the reason? What did he say? Just couldn't figure. He didn't know. He didn't know. He had no idea because he's in the group yelling at everybody. Yeah. Someone else was doing the recalls. Yeah. He had no idea that he had that many. Wow. And he, yeah. and he, and he started breaking down crying because the guy was yelling at the group. Yeah. And it was so ineffective. Yeah. It's like you got to talk to the people that are actually having problems and red flags. So material-wise, that's what we do. Yeah. We red flag the materials. And we talk to the people that are outside of the group that we and we vet them first. Go, sure. Nothing was going on here. Right. And then we go, okay, let's look in their truck. Support for this podcast comes from Goodman. Since 1982, Goodman Manufacturing is focused on the goal of producing energy efficient, high quality HVAC equipment that is easy to sell, install, and maintain. Goodman's continuous efforts have contributed to the success of HVAC dealers like you across towns and big cities throughout the country. Goodman produces a complete line of refreshingly affordable ducted split systems and packaged units. The company's current product line is supported by numerous technology enhancements, many exclusive to the Goodman brand. It's no wonder millions of homeowners say, thank goodness for Goodman. To learn more, go to GoodmanMFG.com. And Shuby. Shuby makes it easy to take your customer service to the next level. Show your clients you care with their full line of extra-large, extra-durable products made specifically to protect their home or business. Shuby products were made by service professionals for service professionals. None of those cheap, thin shoe covers that tear on the job. Their booties are made tough. They have surface protection products for every floor type to make sure you don't leave behind scuffs or scrapes. And don't forget their coveralls, made with an extra-long torso for ease of motion while keeping your uniform clean all day. Let Shuby prevent the hassle of cleanup by preventing the mess in the first place. Put your best foot forward with Shuby today. Visit their website at www.shuby.com or give them a call today and mention coupon code SGIPOD10 to receive 10% off your next order. A lot of this is the, the, what I want to transition to is cultural components, right? Don't be yelling at everybody. You find the one-on-one -on -one conversation. The 9 out of 10, they're doing a good job, right? As you've grown, I feel like you know, you've always had a really good culture at your office. I mean, I, I've been there a lot. I know a lot of your people. They're just great. They're fun to talk to, mm -hmm. you know, and that's it's hard to find people like that and then to keep them. So for members that are, are going, again, through this growth stage and, and they feel like I've got a really strong culture with 15 of us, but I want to get to this this other mark. And how do I not mess that up or how do I scale that so that I can find you know, 10 times that 15, you know, so we can get to that and still have a fun workplace. And, and you know, we're, we're all enjoying what we're doing. Well, I think the biggest thing, the biggest mistake that people make is they get core values or here, here are our values of our company or here's what we, how we are. Yeah. And, and the owner needs to be that way. Yeah. The guy running the whole show, he better be like that. If you're going to put something out there, like I don't need to go, Hey, We've got a skinny company. That's our value. Everybody's going to be skinny. <laughs> not Jimmy. me, but all you guys are going to be skinny. That's not, that's, that's ridiculous for yeah. me to, to, to promote that. Yeah. And, and I've seen people that are not very, like, to be honest, they, integrity is one of their things and they cheat at everything. And I go, so your culture is going to be really good because you're going to be up there talking about integrity as everybody's like, well, I saw you cheating at golf the other day, yeah. John, you know, and I'm like, you have to, you have to be careful. Yeah. It's not what you want to be or what you hope to be. Mm -hmm. If you if you just wanted to get down to it, you better have your core values where the the person who's leading the group, they're that way. Yeah. And then and then you need to do stuff. Are you going to take a $40,000 hit like you know one of ours is trust yeah. and care? Yeah. We mess up on a bonus program and Roger was like, "Dude, I messed up. I didn't carry the one. Man, I'm so sorry, Jimmy. I told the guys we're not going to pay it." I go, "Whoa, whoa. Did they hit what you said you're going to hit?" Yeah. Yes. 
I said, Roger, then we're paying them the $40,000. Yeah. And that was $40,000 right off my bottom line, right out of my pocket yeah. personally. Yeah. And I just go, Roger, it's that important to me that we keep our word because you gave him your word, I gave my word, and we gave Baker Brothers' word. And I go, we're going to do it. Yeah. So if you want to do it, that's fine. If you want to have a great culture, whatever your culture is, if your culture was like, hey, we like to drink beer and have a good time and, dude, go party. Like, we work hard and party harder. Yeah. Dude, if that's how you are, then, man, you'll have people just like you all around you right. that are just like you. And so right. I think the important thing is not to do something just because that's Bob's core values. Do your core values, yeah. what you what your belief system is. So then that way you are the 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 vision of it. Right. And then the other part, too, is to tell stories to your guys about it, your meetings. Like if one of them is care and one of your guys pushes some old lady's car into the gas station yeah. and you hear that story, tell the whole group the story. Tell everybody the story. Go, hey, guys, look what they did. Yeah. So one of, one of the cool things we're working on now, and it was something that Southwest Airlines did, is we have core values, and there's a definition below them. But I think sometimes people don't understand how they fit into their business type, like in their job type. Sure. And what and what Southwest Airlines did was very interesting. Was they actually did uh, three to five job belief, job behaviors. Okay. Under the core value. Interesting. So I could be a I could be a manager, be a very moral guy, go to church all the time, never lie, very rarely, you know, be a good dude, and yeah. trust is my trust is one of the values. Yeah. Well, dude, yeah, I'm very trustworthy. I show up all the time. I'm on time when I'm supposed to be here. Uh, dude, if I tell somebody something, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, but trust could be accounting coming over and going, hey, Bob, can I get that? Can I get that report from you, buddy? Oh, yeah, dude, I'm sure I'll get that to you. And you forget. Yeah. And then three days later, hey, did you get that report? Yeah. You kind of violated the trust. Right. Of the accounting department. So some of this stuff is really about, and what, what Southwest Airlines was like, hey, if you're in maintenance, you're one of your you know, behaviors is making sure that their planes are safe right. at all expense, you know, and when you go, this plane's not safe, yeah. it can't take off and there's 150 people on it and the pilots are on you and, and everyone wants the plane to take off. Yeah. But the dude goes, no, we're not doing it yeah. because he knows that it's not just the core value of safety. It was that you make sure every plane leaves the grounds as safe as it could possibly be. Right. Right. And so I think those job behaviors that we're going to put under the core values for each segment of jobs. So we're actually going through the whole entire company, call center, dispatch, That's management, technicians, like all the way through the company. And we're yeah. getting these, these core behaviors okay, uh, so that there's clarity about the core values as well. And then you're going to talk about them in your, your meetings and your company meetings so that it resonates and they, and they understand where you're coming yeah. from on that. That's great. We, we, you know, Big part of cultures, leadership, and and you talk so much about finding good people, and and that's what's built on. But is there anything you can do to help build people up as leaders? Do you send them to leadership training? You know, the, especially the key key people in, in your business to kind of help them. I know you say they sh they should be self starters, right? They should want to find information. We've talked about that before. But is there anything you do maybe for the middle manager guy? You know, the young guy that you're like, he's got ability, right? And I could see him being a manager and moving up the organization as we scale. Yeah. Like, what do you do for those those people? That well, level? I think I think a, the first thing that we did that we started doing was just like really to do it was like a book club almost. It was like, hey, y'all gonna we're gonna read a chapter. Y'all are going to come back. We're going to talk about her. Two chapters or whatever was relevant. Like we did the one-minute manager. Each chapter was a segment. Yeah. And so we just did it by the segments. Yeah. And then we go, so, hey, how can we incorporate that into what we do here? Yeah. Is it a good idea? What do you think about it? Like let's have creative thinking around this. Not This is right. Yeah. I mean, not all authors are right. Right. And it's like, hey, let's talk about this. Yeah. And so we kind of had a book club thing. And what, and what that did was that taught different management skill sets, like different ways to reprimand, different ways to like hold people accountable. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think part of it is doing some of that kind of training that you could just do in house. Sure. Um, but it is recognizing that as someone's better and mentoring that guy a little more than maybe the other guys. Right. You know, and so that, so does that mean just saying, Hey, Joe over there, you know, Roger said, Hey, we've got Joe who's at this level. I think he could be something. I mean, is that where you go? And bring, and we'll move bring that up. young guy in, you'll just move him up. We'll move him up. We had a guy that came in as an installer, and dude, he was just natural born, God gifted leader. Yeah. Man, in three months, he was in the man. He was on the management team. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, and he and he was like just an installer guy. Put stuff in, but man, he man, the guys followed him, and he had a, he had he was smart, educated. Yeah. He he liked quality. You know, and I think I said this like when we were at this Eagle Summit, when people asked me what what do you look for in a manager. 
and what, what are you looking for? And, and there was these guys, they had this list of stuff. And I, yeah. I go, man, I really just want two things. And I go, I want somebody who likes to win. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about we play horse, you try to beat me. I don't care what it is. You just want to win. And if you don't win, I may even want you to throw a little bit of a fit and be kind of an ass. <laughs> Seriously, because okay. I am. I go, if I lose, I can be the nice guy ever. But if we start playing something I lose, dude, I will be the biggest jerk you've ever met in your life. <laughs> and I was like, and then the second thing is execution. Yeah. Executing projects, executing your thing. I don't want somebody who's going to run a marathon and then cut out the last 300 yards and go, man, I'm kind of tired. I guess I'll just stop. <laughs> I go, dude, I want somebody Follow who's going to, I want them to crawl across the freaking finish line because yeah. one, he wants to win so bad, but two, it's the execution and the fin the completion of projects. As fast as we move, as fast as the growth pace is, yeah. you, I, I cannot ask you to do things three times. Yeah. And if you say, I'm going to get this done, you really need to get it done yeah. and you need to figure out. And if you get a barrier in front of you, you're going to figure out how to get over, under, or through the barrier. That That is probably like, that is that winner thing of, sure. man, we're not supposed to win, yeah, but we're going to anyway. Yeah. That, that I always tell my kids this, they always laugh about it. I said, hey, dad, you can't do that. I go, why don't you just hide and watch? I go, hide and watch. I love hide and watch people. Yeah. Man, you don't think I do it? You can hide and watch and see. I mean, I'm going to get this done. Yeah. And it's, and it's only talking smack yeah. if you don't get it done. <laughs> I go, but if you get it done, I go, man, it's fun. It's, it's fun. And it's and it's fun to work in environments like that where you're where you're where other people appreciate your win and yeah. appreciate your effort and appreciate you getting done. Yeah. And at the same time, our culture is all the people be looking at you when you're the dude who dropped the ball in the ninth mm -hmm. inning with two outs. And one <laughs> loss. They'll be like, dude. <laughs> Yeah. You are, I mean, it, we just, I, I think you just have to get people that have this. It's that, this right type of people. Yeah. And I, and I feel like everybody, you don't have to have the same people I have. Right. Or that I'm telling you. It's the people that fit with you. Because yeah. if you're not, like that whole culture index thing, if your culture index is different, yeah. that does, that's not that you're bad. Right. It's not that you can't run a company or be successful. Right. It's just you're different. Right. And you need to get people around you that, that have like kind thoughts and feelings about how you do things yep. so that y'all can move fast. Right. But then also you have to have people that get stuff done. Yeah. And, and, and that you don't have to hold. I mean, it's like the guy that you have to hold accountable to everything. And every time you have to go, did you get that done? You have to follow up with exhausting. every single time. Yeah. You, you have got to get rid of that person. Yeah. And go, look, you got to go. Yeah. Because I would much rather you go do stuff. I tell you to do the wrong way in five different times than to like me tell you a bunch to yeah. do things. Yeah. And so I think that's my, but I think you do have to appreciate how you're wired, how, how you're like, if you're very reserved yeah, and you come and, and you're like this really methodical thinker and go, Hey, I, I really like to have a lot of info before I move. And, I, and there's, you're going to hate working for me. <laughs> you're, you're the best dude ever. Yeah. And you're the most successful person in what you do. You yeah. are going to do 100%. I am going to drive you completely insane. <laughs> so, so real quick, this young guy though, you've, you've got to put him in a leadership position. Maybe he's what twenty five or what? He's young. What do you do to to nurture and mentor him to make sure he, his ego doesn't take off? Or do you just know? I think he's a good enough guy. He's not going to go off the rails. I, or, I think or, it. I think it's. I, I you know to put it in sports analogies is like if somebody's a good receiver, they're just kind of a good receiver. It's just an ability. And and I and all I have to do is just hone the talent. Mm -hmm not create the talent. Right. And I think that's what too many times we It's do. just observing that guy then and what just he does. Just seeing what it, he does and how he go, does hey, it. Let me say, let me coach you up on what that opportunity. I know I know how I know this guy really cares about quality. Yeah. And I'm gonna tell him how much I care about it and how much I want to support him in making sure that it happens. Mm -hmm, okay. And giving him and giving him the ability one to make a mistake. You're giving him confidence. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. go, we're aligned in what we want here. Yeah. And it's okay if you make a mistake. Yeah. Just don't make a mistake twice. Right, right. And, and just if you do that, you're going to be very successful. Yeah. If a guy, if a guy that is in the management position, say say he's not a very good people person. Right. It's like it's there's a, there's an acknowledgement of the weakness of the leader to go. This isn't this is where you're weak. Yeah. You need help with this. Mm -hmm. And 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 that's I think more of the honing is going. Hey, you need to understand this is how you are, and you yeah. can maybe make people mad. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think it's really just that awareness. Mm -hmm. And I think it's making people aware and not trying to change their whole being. Right. Just going, hey, be aware of the weakness. Yeah. And and that, oh, I'm doing that again. 
Right. Remember I told you I wasn't good at that? Yeah, I'm doing it. Get people to backfill the weakness. Yeah. Like we have a guy who's a really good manager. He's mm-hmm. good with the guys, has low turnover, always hits his goals, gross margins, wonderful. But all, all the paper stuff. He's just not good at it. I mean, over the top of one finger for the whole keyboard, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. It's like, is is he doing functionally what we want him to do? Like if he went to start, if he was a Starbucks, we walked in and grabbed his cup of coffee and drank it, we'd be like, this is really good coffee, wouldn't we? And yeah. they go, yes. I go, then let's backfill, let's get his dispatcher. Once again, checkers, pay all the dispatchers the same. Yeah. Let's get his dispatcher, say, hey, we're going to pay you $5 an hour more. Yeah. Because of how productive, he's so productive. Yeah. Let's take, you get all these jobs that are, part of his responsibility and you got to make sure that those happen because you are good at the paperwork and you are good at this stuff. Yeah. So let's combine the team instead of it's him and the other person. It's chestnut checkers. Exactly. You keep saying it. I love that. And I think, I think the techs, we, we said that, Hey, I may have to shine a turd on a tech. <laughs> you shouldn't do that on manager. Yeah. No. I do not. I do not think that you should do that on manager. Try to develop them from ground zero. Like they have zero management skill okay. at all or leadership skill at all. Yeah. And try to go, okay, let's make this guy something he's not. Okay. So I, I'm not a big believer in that. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, last group of topics. I thank you for, for sitting with me for so long. But oh, no I, problem. I always enjoy chatting with you. Just, again, sticking with the theme of real hot topics in the industry, you know, acquisitions. You you lived this world. Uh, you sold uh, Baker Brothers, what, five years ago has it been now? Or how long has it been? Uh, 2017. 17. So, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. To so the Wrench Group, which you know, which and, and it's it's that's growing for sure. You had a what meeting today, right? Going over quarterly goals or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that was yesterday. That I had to yesterday. like delay my flight or anything because we had to do that. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Why do you think all this money is flooded into our into our space? Well, I think what happened was there was that happened in the early 2000s. Yeah. And 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 it and the bubble burst. Right. And it didn't work. Right. And I think what they were doing was they were just going, "Hey, let's grab these things up and then here this this guy's a leader. Let's just send him to the house and we'll put somebody else in charge." Yeah. And I just, I just hey, we're doing our model. I just don't think that we're so fragmented and people had so many different ways of doing things. Yeah. I, I just think I'll be honest, I think, you know, just, you know, these these places like, you know, SGI and there's several others yeah. that have all kind of, you know, had, have a formula right. for here's how you do business. Here's structure, here's budgets, here's, here's like, you know, a business in a box type thing. Sure. And now that that's happened and there's actually a cadence to how to make money and people are successfully doing it over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And now they're coming in and a lot of these places they're, they are ripping the head off the snake going, hey, Bob, you're out. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Uh, then there's the Rock Wrench Group. They're like, what they figured, I was like, hey, we're going to leave these guys alone. They're winning. Right. Not we're rebranding gonna, you. We're just going to let you be you. We're just going to, you're going to be the same company. Yeah. You just go out and do what you do for your customers. And hey, you know what? Y'all are winning. So I think what they kind of do is it's almost like, it's almost like Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. Like, Bill Belichick getting fired was not in the cards. Now, maybe if he stinks for the next two years, but when he's winning and they're going to Super Bowls, yeah, that I, wasn't going to happen. Right. Why would you take the dude who who founded the company and grew the company and made this company a big monster? Yeah, why would you try to get rid of that dude? Right. right. And if he's getting in the way or something, I get it. But if he wants that, most people are so proud of their baby, they want to keep you know they want to keep going. Sure. And I and I do I. I've really thought, well, they're probably going to, you know, like let me go in six months to a year and, you know, whatever. Because that's what I, you know, I, you know, I'll be honest when you heard you sold, I was like, oh man, I don't want, I, you know, I enjoy seeing it expos and we've always had a, had a, you know, a good time. And I'm like, oh, and then I'm like, oh no, you're, you're here. You just decide to take some chips off the table, you know? Yeah. And it was, and it was one of those things for me, it was just decisions like, man, we're getting so big. I go, I'm the only, there's very few that were the one man show yeah. that had that big a company. That's a good point. That Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. But that's a really good point that I think people don't think about that. Yeah. That, you know, that like, support. hey, I'm the only guy and I'm hitting the $50 million. And how many $50 million companies that don't have a partner? So like Gus and Mark are partners. You don't see Mark, but Mark's his partner. Right. There's balance that they have, which drives them crazy because they can't do whatever they want. Yeah. But at the same time, there's some process that goes through where I can't, I can't get willy nilly with the company. Yeah. And and my thing, and my dad says a long time ago when we only had like six trucks, he said, Jimmy, it's not just about our economy and how much money we can make. Yeah. It's about you're responsible for every decision you make. 
you're you have a responsibility to these families yeah. for everyone. So it's like, well, I keep going. Right. I can make more money. I can do this, do this. I go, yeah, but am I getting dangerous? Right. And and I and I felt like I'm a little too innovative sometimes. <laughs> you know, and I and I and I go, okay, I could definitely get dangerous here. And 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 being involved in the group too, yeah. I had two other guys that were that were ahead of me that that were, you know, gosh, they were like twice the size of us. Yeah. And they'd been doing it 40 years that I could use to like skip some steps. Sure. You know, and and that's kind of why I did this. But I think why it's so successful now is because, you know, the the stock market's real kind of crazy. It goes up and down. And it's not, it's not like the steady huge. It's it's steady up, but it's not like there's not anybody making a fortune. Right. You know, everybody's. That's why people are talking about Bitcoin and and why these private equity firms have a lot of money. Right. Because they're going, hey, I want to I want to buy these small businesses. The small businesses are successful and they're moving the right direction. Yeah. So ours, I mean, I'll be honest. Like the, the second time we sold, like the Wrench Group sold. Yeah. That was one of the largest transactions ever, and it got all the private equity people's attention. Right. And then it got some big players involved. Yeah. And there were already some guys that were doing what Wrench did that were just about the same size. Right. You know, I think like the Horizon Group and some other guys. Yeah. But, you know, then like Leland, I think, is doing it too. Yep, he's got a group now. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, these groups are coming together and then they're just pulling these groups in. Right. But, like, we're, we're getting good companies. We're not buying bad companies. Sure. That's sure. the other Which point. I think was a big problem in, you know, early 2000s. There were some that were not the best. That yeah, and they were just, they, they wanted companies. It's funny, when they sat down and talked to us, they wanted companies. So I think I think the important thing is for when you, if any of anybody's listening is thinking about buying, which probably most people are because it's the most money you're ever going to get. If you don't want to sell now, then you better plan on another 10 or 15. It seems like the cycle seems like it's about that yeah. deep. So if you're good, you're, hey, if you're 70, you probably ought to think about it, you know, but... <laughs> Everybody else, you know, it's like, hey, you got to make a decision. But I think the biggest thing that a private equity guy told me that was not one he he bought ag, mm. and he's one of the best guys in Dallas. I went to dinner, I went to dinner, lunch with him to talk to him about, hey, get information. Yeah, I, I think like you talk about the trades. I went and got information. Right. I went and learned about it before I ever thought about doing it. Sure. I started doing this. I got information for six, seven years about this yeah. before I ever made a move on it. Yeah. And when I talked to this guy, he told me, he goes, Jimmy, he had no no want to buy me. There was It was just third-party straight information. Yeah. He goes, I'm looking for good partners. You need to be looking for a good partner. Mm-hmm. He goes, you need to find someone who when you when the money, it's not the money, it's the partnership. Yeah. He goes, like, you were going to have a partner. So I think people just go, I'm going to sell to someone, give me the most money for right. my business. Right. They don't think about the partnership. Hey, I'm now partners with this company or with this person. Yeah. And when you like when you pick a partner, everybody's really picky about it because right. they know they're married to this person. Right. And so I think that's the biggest thing. To, to Money matters. Yeah. But I think partnership goes first. Right. And then money comes second. Yeah. And if you have a good partner – and, and, and they do, so example, yeah. I took $335,000 less to go with who I went with. Yeah. They gave me a million dollars eight months after I got done just because they redistributed the recapitalization or whatever because they were doing so good. Yeah. yeah. And I go, well, I guess I made 730000 more or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it was just, yeah. that. that's the type thing that when you pick the right part, that's why my story is good too. Right. Because I didn't get fired after six months. They take all my 20-year employees and, and can them. They didn't throw all these like, models and things on us that we weren't used to and, right. and new rules and new regulations. We, we all had to get on the same software yeah. and there's some, there's some, we had to get on the same HR platform, right. but there's, there's very little stuff. And I think that's what you got to look for. If you want to stay, Yeah. if you want to go, I mean, you just want to make sure that you're handing the people off to a good partnership because you're, you're giving your employees that you care about. Right. You're, you're dropping them off. Yeah. And you're working with a guy you've known for a long time in Allen. Yeah. Right. Who, who met, I met, you met in this group? Time. Yeah. Like, I'm the one who. Well, the the funny part of that story is. Yeah. I'm the one that told Alan about the guys he sold to. Is that right? Yeah. I'd went to dinner with those guys years ago. Yeah. And Alan was talking to a group. The a group that talked. So 2008, a group talked to my dad. Yeah. And that group was talking to Alan, and it felt that it fell by the wayside. And Alan goes, "Do you know of anybody else?" I said, "Well, man, it's funny. This guy took me to lunch from Seattle." came to Dallas and took me to lunch and he had bought this company Berkey's up by us. Yeah. That was the start of the wrench group. Like when Alan was the second person in yeah. and uh, that was kind of funny that years later, you know, they, they had a 
good deal. Allen stayed working there. Allen, God, I don't know how many times Allen's turned. He's probably turned three or four times. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. SGI really brought that relationship and Allen where he went and eventually where I went later. Yeah. Because when I went to start thinking about making a move, I said, hey, Allen. Uh, and he's a group? great guy. I mean, all oh, great yeah. guy, yeah. Oh, yeah, he yeah. really is. He yeah. really is. That's funny. I mean, yeah. I don't see this slowing down either with the market the way it is and inflation. And I, I, I would assume the PE is going to keep saying, look at these companies growing and making money. And I, I, I don't know. I, it, you can't, I'm not it's, an economist, but, you know. Our, our group as a whole, like, and we have, like, I think we have, like, 23 companies now. Yeah. I mean, there's not anybody that's hurt. Like, down. no yeah. one's doing, no one's doing poor. I mean, like. Doing bads like, you know, you are two percent off your bottom line goal. Yeah, <laughs> that's not, it's not terrible. I go no, but so yeah, everybody's doing great. And man, it's it, I don't know that it, I don't know if it'll slow up. I know that if interest rates go up, yeah, there, there's gonna there, there's gonna be a people that's buying less. Well, it's just it's like hey, I've got so much money to to spend and and say I was gonna give you ten million. Yeah, well maybe I give you nine five or try for nine five now because. Hey, I'm going to have to pay a higher interest rate. Okay. But I mean, but I don't know. Everything's so profitable and things are going so. And I think one of the companies sold for like some crazy number. One of the big companies sold yeah. for some number that I don't even understand. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, and I go, but the, I think that there's going to, I think, you know, at some point in time that, that definitely you're going to see some public companies come out of this. Okay. You know, like I think you're going to see some of that. That's the only thing that makes any sense, sense. is as these big, they, when they get, where they pull three big ones together, yeah. they're probably going to do, you know, some kind of a public offering to yeah. kind of make that make sense. Yeah. Um, Be interested to see what happens. Oh, I know. I think, I think it's going to, I really do think, you know, they always say history repeats itself. Yeah. I think what everybody thinks, oh, the bubble's getting big and man, it's going to pop. It's going to get all everybody. It, it will, if people start overbuying and then they, and then they, they make mistakes. Yeah, if the market changes, because that's really what it is. It's a market. Yeah. And if the market goes down and the, and the price goes down, yeah, that's when all hell's gonna break loose. Yeah. Because you you know I bought you for ten and now the market went down. Now you're worth eight. Yeah. And and it's gonna and I have a big debt that I have to pay. Right. Because your company is literally paying its own debt off. Like when they when it's like the company paid me this money. Right. And the company's literally paying itself paying the money they paid me off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and that's what and that's how they work. That's right. how they. Do. It's a crazy system of what they do. Yeah. Uh, they basically take other people's money. And go. I've got a hundred million dollars, mm -hmm. and then they go to the bank and go. I want to buy Bob's company, and they go. Well, you got to put twenty percent down. Here's two million. Mm -hmm. You know, for ten. Yeah. And then and then they and then Bob your company just in the next five years and you're growing. It's probably next three and a half years pays off that debt. Right. And it's just when that gets out of cattywampus where I gave you twenty. Yeah. And all of a sudden the market goes down, then we'll you start, you know, start having some problem. But but it, it really is a fascinating, you go, why do these PE guys do this? Right. It is it is a very kind of interesting world to like look into and see how it works and how that and it and it does, like, but it doesn't always. Right. That's why it's a high risk for an investor to invest in the PE groups. Sure. It is a high risk investment yeah. because there 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 are downsides. Right. right. There are things that could happen. There's a lot of good, but there could be a lot of bad. There could be bad, yep. All right, last question. I, what, what what about you? What about Jimmy Dale and Baker Brothers? What do you see over the next five or ten years? Are you enjoying the grind still? Or you're like, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I don't know if I got much longer in this stuff. Or what do you think? You just don't worry I, about it that much. Yeah, I mean, I I think that, you know, I think that one of the things that no matter what, I, I don't I don't know there's true happiness in any kind of retirement. Yeah. I, I think that uh, – you know, for me, I just went in so many houses, and the retired guy's right in your back pocket yeah. all the time. <laughs> and I always said, from the postman to the executive at Coke, after three years of doing whatever you want, if it's golf, fishing, going around your RV, putting the little state stickers on the back, <laughs> you know, you at a point just go, man, that's boring now. And they go, and then I'm watching daytime TV, waiting for the grandkids to come over. Right. And then, and they go, and then, so for me. I was always like, hey, you know what? I always want to work. I always want to. I always want to, you know, have. And I go. I think at some point my retirement's going to be. I'm gonna have some little little coffee shop or something where a bunch of old farts hang around. And you just talk. And to we them. just sit there talking, <laughs> hang around, yeah. and do whatever. And then like, 
You know, if somebody comes in and goes, I don't really like your coffee. I, I've already had way too much customer. I'm like, hey, get the F out of my store. <laughs> I go, I'm just going to be I don't like, need you. I just like, hey, dude, I, I own the building. You're I here don't, for my entertainment. I don't have to make anybody. <laughs> if you don't, I'm going to be the coffee Nazi. <laughs> like, hey, you don't like it? Get out. Like, hey, I want some cream. Well, you better go to Starbucks, Jack Wagon. We like cream. But no, I think, I think really, realistically, I really enjoy, I, I think I had, a, I had a Vistage guy, and it's funny, he he used a chair and he and he puts these things together. And it's funny he didn't really depart a lot of wisdom on me, yeah. But uh, himself, but he he gave a lot of education and, and really good stuff. But his own personal wisdom. It's funny he said his dad said he goes man if there's three things he goes if you love what you do and you love who you do it and you love where you do it yeah that's the most important thing. You have a better job than anybody in, on earth. Yeah. And I go, it's funny, the wisest thing you ever told me, you didn't say it, but I go, <laughs> but, I, but I'm serious. I, I love the people I work with. Yeah. I love where I do it. I love, you know, I love, I love just being, I want to be great. I mean, I want the company to be excellent. I, I don't, I don't care if the company's big as much yeah. as I care about, Hey, are we excellent? Yeah. Are we better than, than the guy down the street? Are we the best that's ever been in your house? That that's kind of my, you know, want. Yeah. And I guess I was that kid that always wanted to have a world record. Yeah. Like I put the most toothpicks in my mouth or just whatever <laughs> it was. I just want to be the greatest at something in the yeah. world. And and I think our BHAG is be the best service company in the world. Mm. And it doesn't mean the biggest. It yeah. said the best. Right. And I and I and I really I even think at a time that if if the season changes and Baker Brothers isn't, you know, in my deal anymore. Yeah. Then maybe it's just you know, like I said, a small company that we're just really amazing and bad a, and just like, dude, everybody's like, oh my god, you gotta get these guys out your house. Yeah. But I think growth happens when you do stuff like that. Yes, it does. And and that's kind of I think that's so my future is really, and I think really too with the kids getting my kids are getting older. Older, yeah. A twenty four or twenty one year old. And I, and I told him, I was like, hey, guys, y'all kind of got these things, this path y'all are going on. One's going to be in computer science. One's going to be like she's in sales right now. And I just said, hey, here's the thing, man. If this just doesn't work out or yeah. whatever happens, I said, we can just go get a six-truck plumbing company, and I can make you can make so much money, it'll make your friends throw up in their mouth. They will not <laughs> believe how much money you can make. And I go, I am telling you right now, yeah. if – if every all the all the guys in SGI and everything else are so it is such a great place to be yeah. because you can and, and a, a little side note I had my number two guy he was a mechanical engineer from Purdue MBA he had come to his first SGI thing yeah and he goes man Jimmy I mean he literally made like maybe one hundred fifty thousand dollars his whole career life for yeah. working for a lot of big corporations and he goes I feel like I wasted my whole career and I go why but <laughs> he goes I'm going here. Everyone makes $350,000 plus a year. And I go, yeah. And he goes, I feel like I'm an idiot. <laughs> he goes, why didn't I just go do this? I go, Doug, I don't know, man. I go, yeah. but if you're just wanting to make money, dude, I'm telling you this is, and, and I think that's a, I think it's like I said before, the, the valuations are high and everything else is a testament to the, how well the companies are being ran. Right that are out there. Right. And we were talking, I was talking to Trent Urban about they were going to Denver. And I go, dude, there are a lot of freaking scratch companies in Denver. Yeah. You, you want to go to Denver, you better get your big boy pants on yeah, because you got brothers and you got like, there's a, there's George's a ton of in them. There, yep. Oh yeah. There's a ton of guys in yep. there that are great companies. And I just go, dude, you know, that's what, that's kind of cool though. Yeah. It is really cool that there's SGI companies that are all over the country that people complain because they're, an SGI company because they're too hard to compete against. <laughs> and that and that's pretty awesome. It is pretty cool. It's a fun group. It's a fun group. Yeah. Jimmy, thank you so much for all your time today. I always enjoy talking to you. Always lots of great nuggets. So thank you, sir. All right. No problem. All right, Thanks, buddy. That's Jimmy Dale, Baker Brothers Plumbing, Air and Electric, and DFW. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If so, please like and subscribe on YouTube. If you're on your favorite podcast player, please leave us a five-star review. The two seconds you take to leave a review will help other success-minded contractors like you find us and hopefully get a little bit better, which elevates our entire industry. And please join me for future episodes. This has been The Successful Contractor, powered by CertainPath. Support for this podcast comes from Pulse M. Pulse M is the number one review generation platform built for home services. The majority of CertainPath members use Pulse M for Google reviews, customer communication through text messaging, and much more. To quote Bubba Thurman of Baker Brothers, I can't say enough good things about Pulse M. 
They match our core values and they do an unbelievable job. For more information, please visit pulsem.me. And Customer Lobby. Customer Lobby is a new member of the Certain Path Partner Network. Did you know it costs five times more to get a new customer than it does to retain an existing one? Customer Lobby gets you more repeat business by automatically sending postcards and emails to your customers at exactly the right time. Customer Lobby is the best way for certain path contractors to increase revenue and make sure their customers are coming back again and again. To quote Jeff Katz from Clinton Electric, Customer Lobby expanded our business to people that we never would have gotten revenue from. For more information, please visit CustomerLobby.com. The Successful Contractor Podcast is part of the Certain Path family. Certain Path builds successful home service businesses and has for 23 years. We do it by providing contractors with a proven path to success, professional coaching, software solutions, and a member community of over 1,000 contractors just like you. Doubling your sales with a 20% net profit and an inspiring company culture is all possible. Let us show you the way. With Certain Path, success is made certain. Visit www.mycertainpath.com for more information.